Life can be stressful, even under normal circumstances. 2020 has challenged even the most difficult times of life. You need stress relief that goes beyond quick fixes. That's Headspace. Headspace is one of the only meditation apps advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research and can reduce stress, improve sleep, boost focus, and increase your overall sense of well-being. Go to headspace.com slash C-suite for a free one-month trial. Headspace.com slash C-suite. This is the Rich Dad Radio Show, the good news and bad news about money. Here's Robert Kiyosaki. Hello, hello, hello. Robert Kiyosaki, the Rich Dad Radio Show, the good news and bad news today about pensions. And as you know, we may not have heard, but we've heard now is that a co-author of this book, Who Stole My Pensions, Ted Sedell, and myself decided we'd just do a whole five-part series on how your wealth is being stolen via our pensions. Oh, surprise, surprise. But anyway, we're also in the middle, just for just a reference point, we're in the middle of this uh, coronavirus and uh, the shelves are out of toilet paper and food. So it's a very exciting time. And so the questions would be is, will your pension still be there? So this is issue number five. And we thought we'd end at five, but more and more people kept popping up because they, they have this pension thing is very, very suppressed. People don't know much about it. So it's a very important program because you think coronavirus is big, the pension failure will be bigger. It'll, it'll, dest- it'll just destroy the world. Just as coronavirus is destroying the world because our pensions have been looted. So our guest today uh, is my co-author on the book, Ted Sedell, he's a former attorney with the United States Security and Exchange Commission and America's leading expert on pension looting. And our guest today is an old time friend, Councilman Sal DeCicio, and we've been friends for years and he gets a little hot when we talk about pensions, labor union pensions, especially police, firefighters, and school teachers. So we think they're all these nice benevolent people those little night school teachers, they're ripping us off. And so this is going to be a controversial program. I mean, if you're politically correct, tune out now. So we're going to be talking about how your own teachers, firefighters, and police officers are ripping off the public via pensions. So, and of course, my sweet art Kim is here. Any comments, Kim? Yeah, well, two things. Number one, I think sometimes people tune out when they hear about pensions if they don't have a pension. They're like, well, that, that doesn't apply to me because I don't have a pension. But what you're going to hear is that as these pension cuts keep coming and coming, that who's going to be paying for it is you, the taxpayer. So it is a huge issue for everybody. And uh, what I want to say about our friend, Councilman Sal DeCicio, what we love about Sal is Sal's a fighter. And he fights for, he really does fight for the people. And, taxpayer. And the, ta- the taxpayer. And he exposes waste and he goes after really, really injustice in financial waste in the city and in the state. Um, Rip-off stealing. Yes. So this is going to be a dynamic show. So let's start with Ted first. Ted, you know, the markets are crashing. They went to zero interest rates. So they're, they're pumping, quanti- they're, they're, they're finally calling it quantitative or easing, which is counterfeiting money in mass. Ted, from your point of view, as a former attorney with the United States Securities and Exchange Commission and on an expert on pension looting, what does this mean for people with pensions? Well, I'll tell you what, 
doesn't mean it, it doesn't mean that pension benefits are going to be increased in the future. Um, what happened in the late 1990s and the 2000s during the dot-com bubble was that many corporate and government pensions were increased as a result of soaring markets. But during the 11-year uh, longest bull market in history that just ended last week, pension benefits weren't increased one iota despite the longest bull market in history. So if they're not increased during the longest bull market in history, happen now that market performance is plummeting, almost certainly there'll be further, deeper pension cuts. So can they do that to firefighters, police officers, and school teachers? Absolutely. Half of all state and local pensions have cut benefits since the 2008 meltdown. Get ready for the next round of cuts. So, Councilman DeCicio, Sal, give us a quick background. I mean, you're a real estate guy like Kim and I. Give us a quick background and then what you see the pension thing coming up to. Well, to Kim's point, though, too, this whole thing is corrupt. And the only thing I can speak to are the government pensions. So if you look at your city, and this is across the country here, and it's actually across the globe, if you see more revenue coming into your city and you're starting to wonder why your services are cut, why your roads look like crap, why you know, you're not getting the type of services you believe that you should be getting and why you keep getting an increase. It's because of your pensions. Every city in the country, every city in the country, every state in the country is on the same plan, just a different way. So if you look at it this way, you know, Phoenix is a growing economy. We have two to 300 people a day moving in here and we have less services now than we had years ago. We have crappy roads right now because more and more money is being sucked up into these government pensions. So what ends up happening is you have these government unions, regardless of whether you're in a right to work state or not, they elect all the politicians, the politicians and vote for them to get more money. As they get more money, they get higher pensions. And these pensions are going to bleed us to the point where we've got nothing more than we become nothing more than a pension machine and they're make, making our cities unlivable, Robert. So, Sal, you're saying that as more money comes in, let's just say Phoenix, more money comes into Phoenix, that more money is just going to fund the pensions? Oh, yeah, it's exactly what's occurring, Kim. Exactly what's occurring right now. And it's not just in the city of Phoenix. This is happening across the country where cities have got stronger economies now and they have less services. And if people look around their city, they're like, well, why, why are we not getting this? It's because these pensions, the pension growth is enormous. The pension growth and the pension expense is higher than the revenue growth. So even though you've got more money coming in, the pension expenses just continue to climb and they're going to continue to climb. So unlike what Ted was talking about, they saw declines in other states with police and fire. Not so in the state of Arizona. Arizona, uh, there was a law that was passed, it was practically, well, it was a constitutional law that says you cannot diminish a public employee's um, pension, cannot do it. So that means you cannot make cuts to that. So what does that mean? It means that as more monies come in, you have to pay down those pensions first. So there were no cuts here in Arizona. So that's why yesterday I was driving my beautiful yellow Ferrari and I hit a huge pothole on Camelback. <laughs> it almost, you know, that cost me a lot of money, that little pothole with my Ferrari. You know, I'm very upset about yeah. that, Councilman. So anyway, well, Ted. Well, file a claim. <laughs> so, I mean, I feel sorry for myself right now. But so, Ted, what do you have to say about what Councilman DeCicio is saying? 
Well, I know what he's talking about, and I'm in a similar situation where uh, state of Florida, Arizona and Florida are, are fortunate, most fortunate, because they're net population growth states. And when you're talking about states like Illinois or Kentucky or, you know, there are many states in New England, Connecticut, for example, that are losing population like crazy. And so those states are in far worse shape because as the pool of taxpayers shrink, the pension burden on those who stay behind is, is much greater. So the problem is much worse in states that are experiencing population decline. So that means if I'm a, a resident of Illinois, you know, Barack Obama's new home state, what does that mean if I'm a taxpayer living in Illinois, like Chicago or something? What does that mean to me? Well, it means that more and more people are leaving Illinois and leaving Chicago uh, and that the tax burden is falling onto uh, a smaller and smaller group. And the, the number, we can find out the number in a minute here, but the cost per taxpayer in Illinois right now is a staggering number. But that's what happens. So, Sal, would you say that the labor unions are ripping off the people? Oh, we're getting screwed completely, Robert. So let me, let me give you some information that's just going to piss off everybody, but it's <laughs> factual. So if you look at it, well, it does, I'm telling you. So if you look at the numbers, at least in the city of Phoenix, you know, you talked about firefighters and all that too. What people don't realize is that the majority of government unions get their staffers both a pension and a 401k. In the city of Phoenix, every employee gets a 401k, yep, just like everyone else in the public, right? And they get a pension. So we had a firefighter re retire. Now, the number is bigger now, just not at the top, but he's in the top 10. When he retired, he received a check, you know, from the 401k, and I'll talk about something else that's going to get everyone else angry. He got a check for $1.2 $97 million, $1.297 million at retirement. Got a check to retire. Then he got a pension of $146,000 a year for life, and he was in his 50s. Oh, my God. How do you afford this? That's just one guy. That's just one guy. We had, I, I did an analysis, like I said, about five years ago, so the number's a lot higher now. The top 50 civilian employees... By the time they were 78, they were going to draw out $173 million out of the system. 50, not 500, not 5,000. 50 employees were going to draw out $173 million out of the system. So you ask a question, how does this work? Well, what the hell is going on here? So here's the number that's really going to be pissing people off. A first-year staffer, the lowest level that we have at the city of Phoenix, first year on the job, gets 38 and a half days off the first year on the job. 38 and a half days off? <laughs> right, right. I didn't even know first they worked that hard. <laughs> uh, well, I tell you, you think, well, how does that work? So here's what they do, and here's how they game the system. This is just one of many ways, but this is the one that the public really understands. They get so many days off on what's called, quote, sick leave, okay? They don't use that many days off. There's no way. What they do is they accumulate that 10 hours a month until the day they retire. So it's not unusual for someone to retire with two, 3,000 hours of sick leave. They cash in a portion of that, a big portion of that, not at when they earned it, but at the end of their career, right? 
and then they spike their pensions. So what does that mean? That means they use that additional money. It's gaming the system. It's totally gaming it. And the public, I just wish they were aware of this. What they do is they add that three, $400,000 under their last three years of earnings, and all of a sudden they've got even higher pension benefits. It's all gained. And they get a check. For, and they get that pension. So they spike their pension, which means they're getting more pension money every yeah. year for the rest of their life. Right. So don't believe the bullshit that says, hey, look, I'm only making $50,000 a year or $70,000 a year. What you're not seeing is that they're now protected for life and making $70,000 a year in pension benefits. And they get a check in retirement. So, Ted, what do you, what's your comment on this? Well, there are clear cases of abuses of public pensions. And there are examples, like uh, Sal has just stated, of state workers that have gotten outrageous pensions. But by and large, I would, I would tend to disagree and say that by and large, the uh, government pensions are not that large. They're actually commensurate with Social Security, about $16,000 a year. So, and I'm 100% behind uh, cracking down on the abuses. None of those examples should happen. So are you saying it's not, so is Sal talking about something that doesn't exist or is he blowing smoke or is that just an off case with Phoenix? Sal's talking about abuses that exist everywhere, but there are a very limited number of these people who are getting hundred, two hundred, $300,000 a year pensions. And I busted some of them in my investigation and worked with the FBI and others and state governments on it. But most school teachers are not getting a hundred thousand dollar pension a year by any means. Uh, most state workers are getting about sixteen thousand a year. But there are abuses. I agree a hundred percent, and the abuses should be addressed. But like I said, uh, by and large, state workers are not getting benefits that are significantly greater than Social Security. So, if you Ted were busting some people that were abusing the system, would you come to Phoenix and work with Sal and bust the ones here in Phoenix? Because it's pretty, it's pretty rampant here. Let me point out, Ted is correct on this part. So, I don't know about the states, but the states have the similar pension plans across the country. That's why you're seeing in Illinois and other places across. If you look at the cities, just look at these large cities. The cities are where the abuse is really occurring. Now, I don't know about the teachers' pensions, and I really don't about some of that, but I do know about the local governments. And the local governments across the country, take any large city, you're going to see this, and you're going to see it even in the smaller cities because everyone buys into the same system. That's just what they do. They all talk to each other, and they find out what they can do. So the type of abuses that are out there are primarily at the local level that I see for sure, 100%. I mean, that I see isn't, you know, just something that is occurring. Well, what's happening with the, the firefighters too, that's happening across the country, whether it's there or whether it's in Phoenix or anywhere else, you're going to see the spiking of pensions. You're going to see these large amounts handed out. And when you look at it, you know, most people are getting, at least in the city of Phoenix, we're getting a pension and a 401k. Everybody does. Everyone's part of the system. Our average cost per employee as of two years ago was $115,000 per person. That's an all-in number, right? So the employees end up getting a portion of that. So their, our average pension is probably going to be probably in the 50s, probably 50, 55,000 now per year. 
and that's only growing. And Ted's right about this. There are only a few people that are getting $200,000 a year. Those are usually your top bureaucrats. But at the end of the day, it still adds up quite a bit when you look at the monies that are going to be put out over a period of time. So once again, this is, this is Robert Kiyosaki, the Rich Dad Radio Show, the good news and the bad news about pensions. And when we come back, we'll be further going into what does this mean to you and me? I mean, it's one thing, you know, I wouldn't mind getting $150,000 a year as a pension, as a firefighter at 50, you know, I, I don't have that, but even if it's the exception, I'd still, I would still go for it. But the most important question, since this is a global problem, and the reason why Ted Sedell and I wrote, who stole my pension, this is global. And as Ted says that between the year 2020 and 2030, if 10,000 baby boomers in America are retiring a, a day, then across the world, 2 billion baby boomers will be retiring between 2020 and 2030. So the question is when we come back, what does that mean to you and me? And most importantly, what can we do about it? We'll be right back. Support for this podcast comes from CDW and Dell Technologies. At CDWG, we get that migrating your agency to a hyper-converged infrastructure is challenging. Like me switching to decaf. Gotta do it, don't wanna do it, but gotta do it. Whoa, slow down, friend. CDWG's experts can help simplify your transition from legacy to hyper-converged infrastructure with Dell EMC solutions that offer speed and agility. Do it, do it. Have you done it? Is it done yet? Why isn't it done yet? IT orchestration by CDWG. People who get it. Find out more at cdwg.com slash EMC. Welcome back, Robert Kiyosaki, the Rich Dad Radio Show, the good news and bad news about money. And of course, we broadcast from gorgeous old town Scottsdale, Arizona, where it's either heaven or hell. And right now it's heaven, it's absolutely beautiful. And you can listen to the Rich Dad Radio Show anytime, anywhere on iTunes or Android and YouTube now. And we ask that you leave us a review when, after you listen. And all of our programs are archived at richdadradio.com because we're a pure information education show. We make no recommendations what you should buy, what you should invest. We're not an advisory group, in other words. So we, we archive our programs so you can listen to it again because repetition is how we learn best. When you listen to this again, you'll learn twice as much. But most important, we have friends, family members, and associates, business associates, who are counting on that pension. This would be a good program to listen to and discuss. So our guests today are my co-author in the book, Who Stole My Pension, Ted, Edward Ted Sedell. He's a former attorney with the United States Securities and Exchange Commission, and he saw the light. It's best to jump to the other side. He whistleblowed on all these big guys, and he's now he's a leading authority on defined benefit pension plans. And in the book, Who Stole My Pension, I write more about the defined contribution, which is the 401k. Our other guest is Councilman Sal DeCicio. He's been a dear friend for years because he's a real estate developer like him and myself. And he was, Councilman DeCicio was appointed by the mayor and Phoenix City Council to fill in the term for another councilman, Greg Stanton. And he is one of the best fighters against corruption I have ever met. And I'm really honored to have him as a friend. And he's also been a contributor to Who Stole My Pension. So, Ted, let me ask you this. Who is stealing all the money of the pensions? Who's doing that? We've talked about it on other programs, but why are all these pensions going broke? Well, that, the whole uh, premise of the book, Who Stole My Pension, is that while there are problems with uh, how much money is going into pensions, 
in the form of contributions and how much money is going out of pensions in the form of benefits paid to workers. The real reason pensions are failing is uh, how is mismanagement of the investments, which I refer to as gross malpractice generally practiced. And so that's what it's Wall Street looting these pensions, money managers, professional money managers looting these pensions, and poor decisions being made by these pension boards, which no state, no county, no city requires pension board members to have a financial education. None of them. So uh, you've got Wall Street, real sharp guys on Wall Street looting pensions run by uh, people who have no financial background at all. So Councilman Sal DeCicio, what do you have to say about that? Well, Ted is 100,000% correct on that one, Robert. What's happening is he's exactly correct. The individuals that are on these pension boards are primarily people that were put there by the unions. They want one of their own people on there. They have no financial um, background at all. These are like police, firefighters, public workers, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. They're not bringing people in who are like in the world of money and putting them on the board. They're just taking people that are public workers. That's exactly correct, uh, Kim. So what's happening in the state of Arizona, they'll, they'll put a couple people on there just for advice, but they always get overruled. So what ends up happening is you put these individuals on there. Like, for example, the city of Phoenix, not the city, the state of Arizona, uh, the police and firefighter fund. And I love our firefighters. I love our police officers. They do an amazing job, especially with all the stress that they've got under them right now. Right. But they're being screwed, too, because the individuals they put on these boards have no financial sense. They're supposed to hit a rate of return of in Arizona, at least seven point four percent. They've only done it twice in 10 years. So they use these unrealistic numbers and expect an expectation on that. And so what ends up happening is they never hit it. And the money managers are screwing everybody over. They're taking everybody's money away. They spent $40 million on money managers one year and made a $4 million return. They paid out a money manager $40 million and made $4 million. Now, who the hell does that? the government pensions do. And so what does it mean to the public? It means that they don't get the services they're supposed to be getting. And these individuals that are supposed to be getting the pensions, the police and firefighters rely on this, right? They don't get them. They're not, they're going to get screwed in the future. So it's an endless cycle. The money managers are screwing everybody basically. And that's what you're saying, right, Ted? Yeah. I've done over a trillion, one trillion in forensic investigations of pensions. And every single investigation I've undertake has concluded that the pension would be solvent if the money had been managed properly. Enough money went into the pension to pay all the benefits promised, except the money was mismanaged over, let's say, a 30-year period of time. So if you lose one, even 1% 1 a year to poor mismanagement or excessive fees, then over the course of 30 years, that's 30, 40, 50% with compounding. So when you want, if you wonder why is your average public pension 70% funded? Because they've lost 30% over the last 30 years in excessive fees and malfeasance. Is it, is it still continuing today? Is it getting better? Is it getting worse? What's happening? 
Oh, it's getting much worse, Kim. It's actually in the last 10 years, the fees that pensions pay have exponentially grown because of the proliferation of high, the highest cost, highest risk investments ever devised on the private equity, hedge funds, hedge fund to funds. These investments have much, much higher fees. When I first went to to Rhode Island in 2014, the pension was disclosing fees of 10 million a year. Within three months of my probing, the pension was forced to disclose that the fees were actually 80 million a year. That's fraud. And almost 10 times. That's fraud. Yeah. Yeah. So Sal, what's going on? Because the last time you were on our show here, you were talking about was it low income housing or affordable housing and right. how the affordable housing became expensive housing. <laughs> yeah, it's all interrelated to pensions, Robert. So all you have to do is just remember the pension expense and most government, primarily the city of Phoenix, without a doubt, because that's what I'm aware of. But I'm also aware that there are other cities, San Diego, San Francisco, you know, the West Coast, Denver. Everyone's experiencing the same problem. The city of Phoenix went out to build affordable housing, okay, down the street from us, which is not considered the best area. Uh, they were building, I mean, uh, which was considered the top areas, Camelback and 28th Streets, the financial district, everything else. Private sector housing, apartment buildings sold for $277,000 a door, a door. But they also had valet service. In the best neighborhood. No, 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 I know. But I'm giving this as a comparison. In a low-income area, which is considered to be one of our not-so-good areas, 24th Street and Van Buren, the city of Phoenix is building affordable housing at $288,000 a door. $288,000. You're thinking, well, how's that work? Because we manage it ourselves. We run it ourselves. And so what the city of Phoenix does is it takes the money off the top. It skims. It's, it's just basically skimming off the top. It's like hiring a bad contractor, right, who takes all the money. What's the city of Phoenix doing in real estate anyway? <laughs> well, that's exactly it, but that's another issue, right? <laughs> but, but what I'm pointing out, though, is that the reason that they're doing this and why people are always complaining about affordable housing and why governments can't provide is because they do it themselves. They take a big chunk of those monies to pay off their department heads oh, who end up having to pay yes. higher amounts for their pension costs. So the public gets screwed out of that too. It's so interrelated. So it's not even the public, it's the low income guy gets screwed also. They screw everybody. Well, exactly. We could have had more than double the units for the poor. More than double. I had a paper, it's called Profiting Off the Poor. And it's all written because of the fact that the public, uh, the unions primarily, the government unions who want more money for their pensions, who have to protect themselves, find all these scams. And as more money pours in from the federal government to build these affordable housing units, there's less and less units available. The reason why is because the governments are taking this money for themselves. They're, they're, they're literally ripping everybody off. It's all interrelated, Robert and Kim and Ted. So, uh, like I said, this is number five show from Mitch Dad Radio. And we'll probably have a number more shows because more and more people pop up and start telling us about stuff. So we need to get to solutions. So, Ted... To the average person right now, you know, let's say you don't belong to a union, let's say you don't have a 401k, you're working really hard, the coronavirus has taken away all your toilet paper, what would you say to them? Well, what I would say to them is that the 11-year uh, bull market is over, and as Sal was saying, even during the 11-year bull market, state and local pensions did not meet their um, 
investment assumptions. And so what's going to happen now is uh, we're in for tough times ahead, much tougher than in the past. And so you, you're going to hear about benefit cuts. And uh, so now, since your eggs are in one basket, you really need to look at, watch this basket very closely, uh, watch and see what is being said about the performance of the pension and the investments. We have a chapter in the book about how every pension in this country lies about its performance. Every one of them claims to be of average. Well, when, when this year comes to an end, these, uh, you're really going to have to look at the performance that uh, your pension quotes and look for who's to blame because um, there is going to be pain in the near future and there will be people to blame. So now going back to Councilman Sal DeCicio, a dear friend for all these years, what's going to happen to people like Kim and myself who are, you know, we don't have a 401k, we don't have a defined benefit plan. What's going to happen to the taxpayer? Well, to Kim and yourself, you guys are smart enough to figure this thing out a long time ago, Robert. You've given me more advice than anyone on the planet that's always been accurate. Thank but you. to um, the average taxpayer, you're in for a headwind because what's happened during these good times, the salary bumps, the spiking, everything else that's been going on at the local level has been so dramatic. These pension costs are going to be outrageous. And you're going to see less and less services from your government and higher taxes to cover those pension costs. So like Ted was saying is like, what are you going to do? First thing you got to do is get rid of these money managers. You got to find a way to get yourself off of it. That is the basic thing that you have to do. They will screw you. They will take all your money away from you. And that's just what they do. The second thing that you've got to do is really get off the pensions altogether. The government pensions is all I can talk about. I don't know what's going on in the private side, but the government pensions you have got to put those to an end. They've got to come to a halt. Stay with the contract that you got now with those individuals that are there, but anybody new has to go onto a 401k type of plan. Otherwise you will sink. You will become like Greece. You'll become like Chicago. This will happen across our country. So let me ask you, Sal, because you've been outspoken about this for many, many, many years. Why do people not listen or why do they not pay attention? Why aren't they outraged about this? Because they find it boring, you know, <laughs> money is boring there to a lot go. of people, I, I, you know, go. I just think it so, is. So it's if just, somebody you know, does want to get it, if somebody does want to get aware about what is going on, how do they, how do they do that in, in Phoenix or anywhere? Well, first, well, in Phoenix, they can contact our office. I can send them papers and things like that. The other is they have to read your book. I mean, your book clearly outlines literally what's going on in our country and where the big, you know, the big crisis is going to be that nobody's paying attention to. It's just going to be hard to get people's attention until they reach a breaking point, like they did in Chicago. They're almost there. Don't they also pull on your heartstrings saying, oh, we have to, you know, these people protect us and they take care yeah. of us and we yeah. have to protect them. And isn't that a big emotional exactly. plea as, as well? Well, they always, it's true. It's always that emotional part because you really care about those people. And in the old days, it used to be like that, where there was always, a, you know, the government workers always had a little less, but they were taken care of for life. Now they're getting more money than the average employee in the city. Like in Phoenix right now, our average cost per employee is right around, like in the private sector, it's right around 55 to 65,000. Phoenix, it's 115,000 per employee, Jesus. you know? So 
and they get a pension to get taken care of. So it's just become inequitable because we still believe that government's going to protect us when in fact they're not. They're not going to protect us. They're going to protect themselves first. Then they're going to protect us. So Sal, also, didn't you have, weren't you had visitation by some of these guys <laughs> because you were speaking yeah. out against them? I mean, who came to pay a visit? It was to horrible. You? They thought, oh, it's they, horrible. They threatened your family too, right? Oh, totally. They docked out our home. They took pictures of our family car. I mean, I've got kids, that kind of stuff. You don't think, I mean, we all worry about that stuff, right? You can't let it deter you. But at the same time, they had people driving by our home. They made sure that when I was not home, they would call my wife and say, hey, we're Sal today, you know, that kind of thing. And this and, is the unions. You know, knowing that she was home alone. This is yeah. the unions. The unions. They're, they're freaking they're, crazy. Yeah. You had to run again, didn't you? They had a recall I, I of you. And you still beat them. You still yeah. won because people, oh, yeah. people do know that truth, but. Yeah. They spent over a million dollars in the district. Remember, I run out of the district, right? Over a million dollars. They attacked me. They attacked my wife. That was the worst part of it. And this is going I mean, on all even over. Even the jihadists don't go after wives. Go ahead. <laughs> Sorry. This, but this is going on all over the U.S. and all over the world, I, I assume. Yeah. yeah. All over. Yeah. The minute you start challenging them, the, the minute you start asking questions, I mean, just simple asking questions, you get targeted and visited by people. Oh. It just, it is that way. You just got to deal with it and you got to push through and you got to make sure you just don't give up. You cannot give up because at the end of the day, we all live here. You want to protect everybody. People have a right to live. People have a right to get the services that they were promised they were going to get. And these government unions are really taking advantage of the public. So it's more than just the unions. Also, it's Wall Street is sucking in its incompetence and all this. Yeah, exactly. So, and, right. that, and that's exactly what you know. Ted and I are saying in our book, "Who Stole My Pension?" So, um, you know, thank you, Sal. Ted, final words, and again, what can we do? Well, what what I'm suggesting is that if you're a taxpayer or a pension stakeholder, you need to, particularly as this year comes to a close, really start looking at these investments because, as as Warren Buffett once famously said, um, only when the tide goes out do you discover who's been swimming naked. Well, <laughs> this year we're going to find out whether all those hedge funds really did protect the pension. Uh, and the answer, of course, is, is that they didn't. So now is the time to, to really look at who's been swimming naked. And by the way, before I close, I, I mentioned there was this uh, January 18th article in the uh, Seattle Times by a reporter, Chuck Jaffe, who said the title's called Don't Be Swayed by Robert Kiyosaki's Scare Tactics. And uh, what this, this author is saying is that the investment world is not crooked. Pensions are doing just fine and the stock market is off. Okay? <laughs> well, it's the it's Seattle Times, if you know what I mean. Yeah. The reporters haven't had much fond aloha for me anyway, you know, so they're, they're all on the payroll of the guys that are stealing our money. They work for Wall Street. If you understand that, most reporters in the journals, stuff like this, they work for Wall Street. And if you think they're on your side, you got to be kidding, because I've been attacked up one side and down the other by the reporters, like Money Magazine, Arizona Republic, you know, just because they're on the take. I'm sure Chuck Jaffe from the Seattle Times is going to be writing a follow-up 
about how he got it all wrong six weeks ago, right? I'm sure he will. Right? <laughs> well, maybe you'll write that, Ted. <laughs> so you guys, write, what's his name, Jaffe? Yeah. Jaffe, syndicated columnist. Yeah, please send him a letter of thanks and, you know, fond wishes and thanks for the good advice. <laughs> anyway, you guys, I really want to thank you. You know, uh, Ted, it's really been a joy working with you because I learned so much from the dark side that I never see. And Sal and I are more on the other side with Kim. You know, we're real estate guys. But the problem is the same. It is corruption within our pensions and the people we work with. And the innocent get ripped off. It's just like affordable housing is no longer affordable because the guys that run our pensions and the unions and all that are getting rich. So I thank you guys for your time and all this. And uh, final words, Thank Kim. you, Ted. Thank you, Sal. Thank you, Robert and Kim. Ted, great meeting you. Great to have you on the show. It does make my blood boil. And we'll just keep, you keep uh, out there doing your thing, Sal, and we'll, we'll keep supporting. Thank you so much, everybody. Ted, you're amazing. You guys, Robert, Kim, as always, thank you. Thank you. Thanks. And when we come back, we'll be talking about what Kim and I are doing because we haven't ever had a pension. And it's not it's not that we're not concerned, but the object of the Rich Dad Company and the Rich Dad Radio Program is so you don't need an effing pension. We'll get into it when we come back. Welcome back, Robert Kiyosaki, the Rich Dad Radio Show, the good news and bad news about pensions. And the reason it should concern you, if you think this coronavirus is big, the pension problem across the world will be bigger. And they're related. They are related. So it's just one more domino following, and this pensions is a global challenge. Money has been ripped off all over the world. Like we have a lot of friends in Australia, and their superannuation is what they call their our 401k. They've been completely ripped off. So ladies and gentlemen, this is now, I'm, I'm young, I don't have to worry about this. If it gets any worse than this, there goes your job, there goes everything. So it's a very important program. So once again, you can listen to the Rich Dad Radio program anytime, anywhere on Android or YouTube or iTunes. And please leave a review. And all of our programs are archived at richdadradio.com so you can listen to this again because you'll pick up twice as much. But most importantly, we have friends, family, and uh, business associates who have their heads, you know, where in the sand or up there, what you'd better listen to this program because the coronavirus is only the tip of this one's going to fire off our pension problems all over the world. So I want to thank my co-author Ted Sedell and who stole my pension. Again, he's a former SEC attorney, biggest whistleblower in America. He, he takes on the biggest guys. He's got a lot of guts. And the second guy is Sal DeSisio, dear friend, also a lot of guts. He takes on the labor unions who are ripping us off. Comments, Kim? Well, as you said earlier, um, we don't have a pension and we don't have a 401k. And that is the purpose of the Rich Dad Company and the Rich Dad Radio Show um, is to not depend upon somebody else, especially the government, for your retirement. Well, let me ask you this right now. Coronavirus, you know, I mean, today, it's important to get relative in time. They dropped interest rates to zero, zero and the market still crashed. Yeah. So that means There's they've no lost confidence. control. There's no confidence. And so if you think, oh, I don't have to worry, I have job security, think again. And that's where the Rich Dad Radio's program was started. So we're going to go into what can you do. So let me give you the tenant, you know, the tenant for money in the stock market, which we don't have any stocks, thank God. 
But this tenant is this money always follows management. That's almost like the golden rule. So if you can manage money, money will always follow you. So, right. So just this morning, I was talking to Andy Tanner, you know, the advisor on stocks. He wrote the book 401 chaos and stock market cash flow. He's in hogs heaven because the markets are crashing. He's going to make more money as the markets crash. Because he knows how to do that. Most yes. people don't know how to make money when the market goes down. They only know how to make money when the market goes up. Right. So no, they're they don't even know that. So it doesn't matter if you have the right financial education. But if you listen to these criminals, like I said, most of these journalists, they don't even know it, but they work for Wall Street. You know, they recommend, oh, stocks, bonds, mutual funds, ETFs, invest for the long term. They don't know that they're parrots for Wall Street, the guys that are ripping us off. The point here is this, money follows management. If you're doing the right thing right now, you're happy as Larry, man, everything's crashing. I called my friend, Mike Maselli, who we invest oil with. Oil is crashing right now because of the war between Russia and Saudi Arabia. Now, the reason that's really bad is because the oil patch, you know, the fracking oil and all that, they're going to crash because they're all based on debt. They have their triple B credit. Triple B drops one more lesson letter. It goes to junk. That means our oil patch is going to get wiped out in America. And there goes our oil advantage. So I call my, our, our, our partner, Mike, I said, how's it affecting? He says, Oh, this is a really good time. He's in the same business. You see in the same business, some people are getting rich and some people are going poor. So why is Mike happy? He says, I never touched any of that debt. See what debt's gonna kill them. So the point here, let me just give you the message again of why the Rich Tech Company was created. Money follows management, and if you have a crook managing your money, like your 401k or your uh, defined benefit pension plan like the school teachers, firefighters, and police officers has, you're being robbed blind. That's why there's no financial education in school. Well, you look at them, just looking at what Sal said, you know, in looking at the fees and all fees going from in 20, 2014, he, they said, oh, we had $10 million in fees for managing the pensions. Well, when they actually dug into it, it was 80 million, not They're 10 lying million. to us. That's money not following management. <laughs> and on the other side of it, you know, like Kim and I, we could, and the Rich Tech Company was formed for this time. I, I kid you not. We could see this coming. That's why you go to CNN and all that you, on, on Rich Dad. You'll find me on CNN. I'm calling the 2008 crash on Wolf Blitzer's program. If you don't believe me, check it out. But because we saw this crash coming, Kim and I are going to make even more money because one of our best properties, we're now converting from a health club to a what? Senior housing. And senior housing is going to take care of all, a lot of those baby boomers who are getting older and needing more and more health care and needing more attention. So I think that's going to be a huge sector. So when somebody says, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm investing in real estate. Well, what kind of real yeah. estate? How smart are you? What's your debt to equity ratios? It's the same stuff. Money follows management. And that's a good point because we oftentimes, people come and say, oh, I got this great deal. I got this great deal and you should invest in it. Well, what have you done before? Oh, nothing. I have never done. I've, this is my first deal. Well, you have no track record. You have no track management record. So how can we how can we follow the management when there is no management? And so we have had another rich data. So Andy Tanner is he's in hogs heaven because he makes more money when the markets go down, the stock market. And then my oil guy, Mike Maselli, who invested for years with him, he's happy as Larry because he says if the price of oil keeps dropping and all these companies go bankrupt, he's gonna take their oil. He's gonna go in and buy it for pennies on the dollar. And then Kenny McElroy, our real estate guy, man, he is salivating. He says, oh my God, Dick all of this property zero. is going to come up for sale. Yep. 
You see, the point, ladies and gentlemen, has nothing to do with the market. It has to do with your financial education, which as you know, there is none. And most people are too effing lazy. They just want to, oh, what's going I'm going to flip this property. Oh, the stock price is going up. So they want to buy low, sell high, but they don't know that you make more money when it comes down. So that's the lesson of today from rich dad here. Look, I wouldn't listen to a stupid school teacher about money. My poor dad was a school teacher, a good guy. He knew jack about money and you go take advice from him and they affect millions of kids. And then these school teachers' pensions, they're the ones that are gonna rip us off too. They're gonna damage my little yellow Ferrari because I hit potholes on the road. I might have to get a Jeep or a four-wheel drive because the roads are get so bad. But our people are ripping us off. I'm not against them, I'm against the lack of financial education. So please, the message is this, money follows management. If you're good at managing your money, you're gonna do very well. If you're really incompetent, you may as well give your money to Wall Street. Anyway, thank you to my partner in who stole my pension, Ted Sedell, and Sal DeSisio, longtime friend, another real estate guys. Always remember this, it's always a good time to make money, even when the market's crashing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.